month of April, I've got my nephew, Asher. He's on the 5th. Um, my sister, Veronica, was yesterday, so she had a birthday. And as I said, mine's on the 25th. But last Thursday, the 18th of April, which was some people's birthdays here today, it was also my dad's birthday. He would have been 69. When he died 13 years ago, my mum, sisters and I couldn't imagine life without him. And we tried to reenact all the fun things we used to do on special occasions. It was difficult for the first few years. Then, as time passed and more and more grandchildren were born, new family traditions were made. Now, it wasn't that we'd forgotten Dad. It was just that we had filled our time with other things. Now we look fond, back fondly at the good old days, but we've built a life without him. We no longer think, what would Dad do in this situation? Or what would Dad say? Except for when I do an awesome parallel park, and then I hope Dad's watching from heaven. <laughs> but the thing is, because he's dead, we don't worry about what he thinks anymore. So at this time of year, I wonder how the disciples must have been feeling over 2,000 years ago. Their teacher and leader had just died, a very brutal and finite death. I'm sure they were in shock. Maybe some wondered how they could ever reenact the things they used to do with Jesus. As one day went past, and then two, were they thinking about what they would do next? How would they feel fill their lives with purpose now? Now, a lot of people remember my dad as a good man. He was an elder and a children's leader at our church in Aurewa. He used to organise multi-denominational church events. He included everyone. And if you asked people today who Jesus was, some might say he was a good man. He healed the sick. He loved everyone. He included everyone. Both lived and both died. So what's the difference between Jesus being just a good man versus him being the son of God? It's the reason why we're here today. Jesus didn't stay dead. Let's read the account from Matthew 28 verses 1 to 7. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now, as we know, today's Easter Sunday, or um, commonly known as Resurrection Sunday. So yes, Jesus died a brutal death when he was innocent. He did that to pay the price of our sin. He shed his blood to save us from our wrongdoings and shame. He stamped, paid in full, over our lives. 
And we are and forever will be grateful for the cross. But church, can I ask you a personal question today? How are you living your life? Are you living like Jesus is still in the grave? Has so much time passed since you first made Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour that you've made up your own traditions, just like my family has done since my dad passed away? Now, it's not that you've forgotten about Jesus. It's just that his opinion doesn't really matter to you that much. Or perhaps you wonder less and less what Jesus might do or say in some situations. Are we living as if Jesus is still dead? Have we decided that Sunday services at church aren't our thing? Do we pass people by on the street who obviously need help? Do we decide to tell a few lies just to keep the peace or to get it, get ahead? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. (laughs) Doing these mindless, unfulfilling things may make you feel more justified within yourself. And actually, these things wouldn't matter if Jesus was dead. But, thankfully, he's not dead. (laughs) He's risen And he defeated death. Hallelujah. When Jesus rose from the dead, he confirmed his identity as the Son of God. With Jesus' resurrection comes freedom and victory, power and authority, a full life. He rose again. He lives and is victorious over sin and death and say amen to that this morning. John chapter 10 verse 10 is one of my favorite verses. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now the Matthew Henry Concordance says of this verse, Christ came to give life and Parisian tea. Those um, Greek words mean something more, something better, life with advantage, that in Christ we might not only live, but live comfortably, live plentifully, live and rejoice. Life in abundance is eternal life, life without death or fear of death, life and much, much more. It's a paid in full life a fulfilling and meaningful life, all because our risen Lord and Saviour gives us life. So, you might be asking what this paid-in-full life looks like. Well, I've got a few ideas. So how do we live this paid-in-full life? The life that our risen King freely gave us. Well, first we need to believe in him. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Pastor Seth's going to give the opportunity for that after my message this morning. Then when we're living a paid and full life, 
we will put ourselves in a position to receive from him. It's easy to hold on to trinkets and special items that loved ones pass on to us as an inheritance after they die. But as Seth mentioned on Friday, it's harder to fully receive gifts from living people without thinking they want something in return. But how freeing and how fulfilling it is when we receive a gift knowing that the highest price has already been paid and there is no debt owing. This is the gift Jesus Christ gives us. It is a free gift given from love, grace, and mercy. It's the gift of eternal life. Let's receive this gift and honor God by living our lives to the full. Another way we can live a paid and full life is by actively supporting and serving the church body because we know Jesus lives and is coming back again. Hebrews 10 verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now you hear this verse quite often, and it's one of our favorite verses from Shore, of Shore Elam. And it's not just because we love coming together and being together to encourage one another, but it's also because it gives us the hope that Jesus is coming again soon. And so if he hadn't risen from the dead, how could he come back to get us? This hope that Jesus is returning soon is what helps us in dark and difficult times. Yes, living as a follower of Christ is difficult here in this world. There are a lot of pressures and demands for our time and attention. But if we continue to meet together and encourage each other by supporting and serving our church family and commit ourselves to reach, grow, and celebrate, we will carry out our God-given purpose and live a full life. Most believers understand that church attendance does or should help us grow spiritually. But did you know that God wired our bodies and brains to benefit from both attending church and developing a healthy spiritual life? Since the year 2000, there have been over 400 papers published each year on how regular church attendance benefits both our brain and our body. Charles Stone, a pastor in Canada, has listed these benefits. It decreases stress. It can help lessen depression because, as a group of researchers discovered, social support made the difference resulting in people being more resilient. It can help you recover from illness or surgery quicker. Attending church regularly can actually make you live longer. The reasons why they can make these claims is because church attendance increases the trust hormone oxytocin. And oxytocin is the feel-good brain chemical or neurotransmitters. <laughs> so if the church you attend is filled with kind and caring people, just like we all are here at Shore Elam, your brain will release this chemical, helping you bond with others. Biblical community is actually really good for you. 
So another example of what it looks like to live a paid in full life is we will give of ourselves, our time and resources sacrificially because that's what our risen King, Jesus Christ, did for us. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, the way you're here, this verse says a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Old Testament law required a blood sacrifice to be made to atone for the sins of man. This was done by killing an animal and going through the proper processes, which you can read about in Leviticus chapter 4. It's, it's quite interesting, actually. The sacrifice that Paul is talking about here, though, in Romans, is a daily decision in our hearts to offer our lives to God for his purposes, his will, and his glory. To be a living sacrifice, we've got to surrender our own ways and take up his. This is not always an easy decision, but it's pretty important. Will we continue to go on living according to our own will as if Jesus is still buried in the grave? Or will we allow the risen Saviour and God's word to direct our path? A living sacrifice means we give of ourselves by loving others and by loving God. To love requires sacrifice. And Father God modelled this and says in John chapter 3, 16, a verse we know so well, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. And finally, living a paid and full life is a powerful, victorious life. Ephesians 1 verses 19 to 20 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Jesus not only died for us and rose again, he also gave us the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, but he hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't left us. Remember what I said before about Jesus coming back one day? We know this and we believe this because the Holy Spirit lives in us and the Holy Spirit prompts us and teaches us, reminds us of the love of Christ. You are full of resurrection power today and every day. You may have had some setbacks, but you are not a victim. You are a victor through Jesus. 
This past month has been tough on Seth and me, but we will continue to stand our ground and fight the good faith. And you can fight the good faith of fight of faith too. Now the reason it's called a good fight is because the enemy has already been defeated. The keys to death and hell have already been taken away when Jesus died and rose again. Now, church, no one wants to live an unfulfilling life. So let's choose today to live the paid in full life Jesus' resurrection gives us. It's a life of believing, receiving, fellowship, sacrifice and power and leads to an everlasting life with God. And I'm just going to pray for us all before Seth shares. You pray with me. Father God, we are so grateful for Jesus' work on the cross and for your power that raised him from the dead. Help us, Holy Spirit, to live a life worthy of that sacrifice. And we give you all glory honor and praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.